Good morning. Welcome to Trainwreck Marriage. I'm Dave Touchton. And I'm Susan Touchton. Hey, we're going to take care of a few of the little things this morning right off the bat. This is our first podcast, and we want to make sure you know where we're coming from. We're not theologians. We don't know doctrine in a great detail. We're not going to get in wars over what's right or what's wrong as far as you're concerned, because at the end of the day, this is about our story, how our marriage was going off the trail or tracks, and uh, it's really about what God's done through our marriage and the way God, we can show how God's help can help people through their problems in their marriage. Um, The name train wreck marriage kind of come to me because if you think about it, when there's a train wreck, the tracks don't stop. They keep going. Now, you may derail, you may roll cars, you may have problems that you need help getting it back on the tracks. But it's really about, are you in it for the long term? Or are you looking to bail and find another track to run on? Because at the end of the day, marriage is hard. Marriage is a war. You have to want to win and stay married. But I can also tell you, because I've been divorced, divorce is hard. And so pick your heart. That's really what it comes down to, because neither one's easy. So we're just going to be who we are, be real, be honest, and uh, just talk about our day-to-day lives. Some days it's going to be beautiful, and we'll have a great message from God. And other weeks, we may not like each other much. That's just true. That's called marriage. And so that's kind of where we're wanting to take this podcast, is just be real and raw. Um, and we'll eventually get to our testimony. I don't know what week we'll do that in, but, um, at the end of the day, that's kind of who we are. Um, I have been married before I was married, uh, when I was 20, I think, uh, I had a long lasting marriage for two months. I knew it was wrong right off the bat, knew it wasn't going to work. Um, but it was one of those things I was just so lonely and desperate for someone to love me that it was, it just seemed like, well, it'll work. Give it time. It'll work. I can change her. I can this, I can that, I can change. And needless to say, none of that worked and we ended up divorced. Um, so I'll let Susan take it and give a background on our family and her background and kind of who we are. Well, what we have found, um, David and I have been married 26 years, I think. Coming up on 27. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so, but what we have found, it's not, um, it's it's been a rough go, just like everybody else's. And anybody that tells you they have a perfect marriage or they never have any struggles, um, I find that really difficult to believe. And what we have found out that is if we don't have... Um, a relationship with Jesus, and we don't put him at the center of our marriage, then it won't work. I was ready to leave the marriage. I wasn't happy. I was actually miserable um, and was ready to leave. But um, God just intervened, thankfully, and we'll share a little bit about that at a later time. But um, I also have been married before. I was dating a guy in high school. We had dated for five years, and then when I was about 21, um, we got married and uh, we just 
we're better friends really than we were married um, partners. He did a lot of stuff with his friends. I did a lot of stuff with my friends. We never really, and if we did things together, it was always with friends. And so we never, we just kind of did our own thing and, and we didn't have Christ. You know, I wasn't a true believer then. I believed in God, but I didn't have a relationship with him. And I just believe that if, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, then your marriage is going to suffer. Um, and so that's why I think this is so important and why we want to bring this to you is um, we can show you what God has done through our marriage and how it is possible to stay together if that's truly um, what you want and truly what you feel like God is calling you to do. Um, most people know it, it's biblical that God hates a divorce, um, but it happens and it happens to believers. It happens to non-believers. It happens to everybody because like David said earlier, marriage is really hard and then you throw kids on top of that we have three beautiful children um right now they're ages 25 22 and 17 and so we've spent the majority of our marriage raising kids uh, because we'd both been married before um we didn't wait to have children and so we've been raising a family we've been running a business and um, then life just, we just want to share life with you because I think it's very similar. We've talked to several different couples, several different people over the years of our crisis, um, and they're all going through the same thing. Everybody has struggles in life. Everybody has difficulties. And the Bible even tells us that we're going to have these trials. We're going to have difficulties. And the purpose of that is for us to to develop that relationship with Christ because he is the, he wants us to be joyful. He wants us to be happy and not happy in the sense of what the world gives us, but joyful in him. And with, if you have a relationship with him, then you can get through the difficult things in life, get through the difficult situations in marriage. So I would just, um, like I said, this, this first one is going to be a little rough. It's going to be just kind of who we are and, and what we, God has done through us and for us. And so um, I just hope that it's a blessing to somebody and that people share um, our message so that our go real goal, I think, is to help people draw closer to God. And um, Well, and I, I think that drawing closer to God is one thing, but I think understanding what it means for it to be what God looks like in a marriage. Because that's what we didn't understand. And, um, you know, we, we've, I've always been told, I was born and raised in the church and always been told to come together and become one. Um, you know, and, and that's kind of true. I mean, it's biblical and it's true. But without the link of seeing where God wants to take you, um, there's just a void there. Well, and what I found, too, is, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible that says, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Okay, but how do you do that? How do you do that when life is throwing curveballs, when you experience death or sickness or rebellion from a child or so um, just really kind of dissecting that. And I did not come from a church background. We went to church um, when it was Christmas time and when it was Easter and I always believed there was a God and I always prayed to a God, but I didn't quite 
understand the relationship of it until after David and I got married. And so, um, it's just totally different. Having a relationship and knowing of him is just completely different. And so our encouragement would be to try to find that relationship. Right. And I think it's one of those things, you know, uh, as you're going through life and, and kids are kids. And uh, we will not be starting a podcast that is train wreck children <laughs> because really kids are kids and they're going to do things. But it's finding Christ in the middle, being able, the circumstances don't change. They don't get any better. It's not, it's not, you know, our relationship with Christ has got better, but our situations still happen. It's just how we deal with them. And so... I think it's one of those things that as we go through my real goal, my personal goal is that one couple, one guy gets something out of this. And if so, it'll be worth hours of me sitting here if I can shorten their road and show them a better road. Because at the end of the day, um, I honestly wish somebody would have done that for me. Um, but I grew up in the, the good church, and I say that cautiously because I don't want this to be about the church, but, um, you know, everybody, when I grew up, I was a 70s kid, man, you go into church and everybody was great. Your kids are great. Your marriage is great. Everybody's dressed to the nines. We had a little suits I wore. Now, what nobody really talked about was the argument where mom and dad weren't talking on the way to church because they were mad at each other. And, you know, it, it really, it, it put a false sense in my mind of what we're supposed to be at church. And for me, it was everything's good. Everything's good. You you don't, you don't hash out problems. You don't be honest with people when they ask, how are you doing? Because that invites them into a mess. And then if they know you're a mess, then you can't be a good Christian if you're having marriage trouble. And it's this compounding wheel that for me, and maybe everybody else has a different experience. And if so, that's fine. But for me personally, um, you know, I, I grew up knowing that, hey, there's certain things you need to present as being good, whether they're good or not. And, uh, you know, I, I think back even all the way through this mess um, that we've had. It's been, Really, it's been a good marriage. But I can tell you the last eight years has been when it becomes a great marriage. That doesn't mean we still don't dislike each other on days. There's still days that I am mad at her. She's mad at me because... I have yet, and if there's somebody out there, please contact me because I'd love to know. I have never found a perfect marriage because what happens is when you start talking to them, well, they had this problem, they had this, and that's the thing is, um, we're just wanting to be real and raw about what God's done because I I truly believe my mess is my message. Something that um, David had mentioned earlier that I kind of tinged a, a thought I'm just going to want to put out there that David and I are not religious people. Um, we are very flawed, broken. Um, I drink wine. He drinks. He smokes. He's, we've got tattoos. Um, we are not here to judge anyone for 
anything that they've been through because we have ran the gamut. We've both been divorced. We are not religious people. We're just a couple that had to make the choice to either follow Jesus or continue to follow our own wishes and our own desires and end up in another divorce. Because if we had continued on the path that we were taking ourselves, that's where we would we would not be here today having this conversation. Absolutely. Um, we would have been done. Um, but we made the choice because we were so broken and we wanted to be together that we had to let Christ come in. Well, but we didn't really know we were broken. We knew there was problems, but I think from my side, I felt like they were your problems. And I think from your side, you probably thought they were my problems. I, I think it was part of the journey to figure out how broken and flawed we are. Because, I, you know, really, when you get married, you bring all your baggage from your past into the marriage, whether you want to or not. Um, and so you end up with two broken and flawed people that get married. So now you have a broken and flawed couple that's trying to figure it out. Well, and I really, I mean, I thought we were broken. Um, cause again, I wasn't happy. I was ready to leave. I don't know that I necessarily called it being broken. And that's what we did discover, you know, after many, a couple of years of counseling and, <laughs> um, rubbing our noses on asphalt. But, um, and a lot of times I think what we, we know we're living in, people know that they're living in sin, but, and I've heard many pastors say this, living in a sinful life is a lot funner than living a godly life because when sin, you're living a sinful life, you can do whatever you want. Yes, you're going to be judged by people. Yes, it has consequences that usually aren't very fun. Um, but what we have found is living a life for Christ is much better than living the sinful life. Is it funner? Eh, some I, days. Some days, yes. Yeah. But you're united and you come together, you talk about things. You know, we talk about trips and if we want to buy a house or if we want to buy a camper. Like, there's just a unity that there wasn't there before when we were living our life of sin because it was all about what we ourselves wanted, what I wanted, what he wanted, not what we wanted as a couple to grow as a couple. And just another quick caveat before David chimes back in. Um, I feel like we have a little bit more of a challenge because David and I do work together on a daily basis. We have um, an electrical and alarm company and I do the books and all the paperwork. He's out selling and doing different things. We're dealing with financial situations. We're dealing with employees. And so a lot of what we um, have to deal with as a couple is not only personal stuff, but also on the business end. And so not that our marriage is any more challenging than anybody else's, but it certainly, I don't know that even today I would recommend working with your spouse <laughs> on a regular basis. <laughs> and I don't disagree, you know, and that's the thing is I, for me, um, surrendering your sin is more important than quitting your sin. Because for me, whether I want to do it or not, I mean, let's be honest, I've got footholds that Satan even has on me today that I'm trying to break. And so 
for me, it turned about surrendering my sin and letting God deal with it. Because I have yet to find in the Bible where it says, clean up all your sin, get your crap right, then come to God. It says, come as you are. And I think sometimes Christians uh, get so focused on who's sinning, especially with me. Um, now, some of this is my past filters I'm looking through and I'm judging people. Let's just be real honest. That's what's going on. Um, but realistically, I smoke and don't hide it. I drink and don't hide it. I have tattoos. I cuss and I don't hide it. But I can also tell you I've surrendered all that to God. And I can also tell you it's changing. And that's kind of the point where, you know, uh, sometimes we get so focused on trying to quit a sin. What I found is more important is the relationship. And when I say relationship, what does that mean? Um, for me, that rem that is when you were a kid and you're running around the neighborhood, you're doing whatever with all your friends, and your dad whistles, your mom hollers, whatever your call sign was, um, you stopped, turned, and looked because you knew it was them. My question for you is, when God says something to you, do you know it's him? Do you have any way of telling? Because what I found out was what I thought, because as a good friend of mine says, every morning I get up and brush the hair of my enemy. Because our mind is our own worst enemy. Um, and I think, it, I think sometimes we want to be better, so we try to fix the sin. And you may be successful for a while, whatever a while is, from days to weeks to months, even years, until that crisis happens that overwhelms you. And so for me, focusing on sin, what traditional sin is, um, is more about giving my sin to God and surrendering it daily and letting God move through it. Because... Uh, I know I've had past experiences, and we'll get into this somewhere down the road, where I gave God a sin that I tried to stop multiple times. For decades, I tried and tried and tried. And, and you know, but it was one of those hidden ones that no one really knew, so it kind of worked out. No one could really hold me accountable but me. And I finally just said, God, I'm giving this to you. You do what you want to with it. I, I want to be rid of it, but I can't do it. And about a month later, we went with some friends to a service that it was on Friday night. We never go. It's it's not our church. It was two hours away. And God literally broke me of that. And I went from needing it somewhere between 100 to 1,000%, depending on the day, to it's still there, but it's in the 5% or less range. And I can pray and give it back to God and he can take care of it. So I think sometimes this is, you know, I know a lot of pastors, a lot of people are going to disagree with us. And that is great. You can disagree with us. This is our testimony. Well, and that's the thing is we are not perfect by any means and we don't have it all together and we don't know all the answers. Um, for me personally, um, being in God's word is as helpful and um, it has done great things 
for me personally. I like to read and his word speaks to me. But I do, I have to ask him um, to open my eyes to his word, to give me a hunger for his word. And through that, um, he, he does that. And that's, again, we're not perfect people. And um, we are so, we try to do what God calls us to do. We try to be obedient to his calling. Some people are going to disagree with us and we will be persecuted. But the Bible tells us that um, we will be persecuted for some of the things that we say and do. Our belief or our hope is to not mislead anybody. Um, and if you have any questions on what we're talking about or the things that we do, I encourage you to look to God's word and, and find it in the Bible. And if we're wrong, please let us know. But um, it's just, we just want to be an encouragement. Well, and I think sometimes, you know, what I've learned over life, um, the things of my past become filters I look through. So I get a slanted view. Um, everybody can one line a scripture and take it completely out of context. So I think it's really, I agree with Susan completely. And one of my problems is, um, what I've realized over the last five years, um, I don't read well. I struggle reading. And, and to a point, I just thought it was me. Um, I've kind of figured out through looking through some of my childhood papers and things like that, there's a pretty good chance I'm dyslexic. Um, so I struggle reading. But with the audio books and the audio Bible, now I'm going to tell you this, it should be as easy as listening to it all day long. And as a good Christian, I should listen to it all day long. But let's be real realistic. There are days I struggle. There's days, there's weeks I go where I won't listen to it. And God kind of thumps me and I go back to listening because reading is a struggle. Um, so I, I think, you know, this is, this is about where are you at? I mean, that, that really, where does, where will our life parallel where you're at? Um, and so I, I think you're going to see from my perspective as we go through the weeks and the months and the years um, that because of what happened to me in my past, I've become controlling, bitter, anger, manipulative, um, and none of it I've seen as me doing it. Well, and I think that's um, something that we're definitely going to hit on later on is how much your past and how you were raised, whether good, bad, or indifferent. You could have had great parents. You could have had horrible parents. But it starts with your parents and then the people and relationships that you've had throughout your life. How much that truly impacts your life and the decisions you make and the things that you do. It has really surprised me over probably the last eight years, and again, through some counseling, how much you are raised affects why you do the things that you do, why you think the things that you think. Um, and those things you can change, and God will continue to reveal those things to you if they're not in his will. It's really pretty amazing and, and it's, it's kind of exciting. I can also tell you that we are not scripting any of these podcasts. We are going to <laughs> just be taking it wherever God leads. Um, lots of prayer has gone into it. 
We've asked his spirit to speak through us and that anything we say doesn't come from us, but from him. But one of the things is dealing with the past and how it affects you and what it does. And so um, we're not going to be able to tell you, well, next week we're going to talk about da, 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 or the following week we're going to talk about, because that's not how we operate. When we share our testimony, um, we try to hit a few bullet points, try to stay on task, um, but we really just kind of let the spirit flow and go from there. But one, I can tell you, because our past has affected us so much, more so than I, again, ever thought possible, um, we'll be touching on some of that. Absolutely. And the thing is, and and for for me, there'll be a ton of stories of where I was hurt, and so I didn't want to feel that again, so I built a wall up so I could protect myself so I wouldn't have to go through that again, and uh, honestly, by the age of 42, I had so many walls, I could, I could cover a state. Nobody was getting near me. Um... You know, and I, I think some of that is the part that I had no idea I was doing at all. Didn't even have an inkling or a clue. One of the things, um, just real quick, that I thought of is, I, it's been a long time ago, several years. I would, I told David once I figured out that I had to communicate to him what I was thinking <laughs> or feeling. Uh, that's a whole nother podcast, but right. um, I said to him, it's not what you say to me, but it's how you say it. And it's just, just like he said, he didn't know he would, a lot of times we don't hear our tone when we're having a conversation with other people. And so it's things like that, that, oh, well, maybe I did say it a little bit more harshly. And I mean, let's be real. When we see somebody's text message, we put our own perception on how they're saying it what kind of tone they're using and so um that's just one of the things that you don't realize that you're doing but it makes a huge impact on how it's received well and that's what we talked about when she brought up tone i'm like i don't have tone what are you talking about (laughs) and and the thing that i realized and i like i told her after i started really thinking about it is is i can't hear my tone it's just always been who I was. It's kind of the environment we grew up. I grew up as a, in a business environment. And so you you learn things that you repeat that honestly is just like breathing. You truly have no idea how you do it or why. Um, and really giving those to God for God to show you where those come from, uh, I can tell you it will be heartbreaking. If you're hunting for an easy road, you need to get off this podcast right now. Um, If you're hunting for a joyful, great every day, you're going to have to find somebody else. And even if you're hunting for a quick fix. Right. This has been eight years in the making. Right. Absolutely. So there is no quick fix. And there's still days, like he said, I would like to punch him in the throat and he would like to punch me in the throat. So... It's it's not a quick fix. So if that's what you're looking for too, this isn't going to help you. Right. But if you're looking for finding happiness, which only you can find, you can't get it from anyone else. Um, we'll take you down a road where we can show you where Christ has created it in us. 
we'll take you down a road that through our relationship, the, whoops, sorry. That would be my father. He's on my emergency list that it rings regardless, so I apologize. Um, the thing is, we're going to take you down a different road. Because the same things that were driving us apart in divorce still happen today. Yes, I would agree with that. But we come at it from a different perspective because, you know, Christ Christ loved us. And, and you know, how do I figure out to see my wife the way Christ sees her? So wait, I, there's a lot of roads we're going to go down over the next year or two um, because the thing is, it's, it is a journey. Mm-hmm. There is no quick fix. Um, I can tell you that Jesus is the only quick fix if you're looking for one. Um, because if you don't start there, good luck. Right. You're on your own. And that's where we were. Um, so, like I said, it, it's going to be a fun ride. We're, we're not going to say everything right. We're going to have a good time. Um, we're going to be very serious. There's going to be times that you'll hear us laughing, crying. Um, you will probably see anger somewhere in the middle and we, and we're not going to edit it. Um, that's one of our goals is it's real. Um, so, you know, it's going to be a ride that I think if you're looking to find a different way, then we'll give you a path to find a different way. If you're looking to stay where you're at, um, it's the, just listen for the fun of it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you can make fun of us, and we're fine with that. Um, so anyway, I think for our first podcast, this gives a little background, a little bit of where we're at and where we're coming from. Um, and the thing is, we we really just want, well, I want one guy or one couple to get benefit out of this. And if so, the money we spend on mics, the time, that all of it will be 100% worth it. I agree. Absolutely. So, hey, have a great day. Make it a great day. And you better love what you got because it may not get any better.